faith, the eternal frontier. These are the voyages of the discipleship enterprise. It's three-year mission to make strange new memories, to seek out new life and new relationships, to boldly go where Don Doe has gone before. Mountain Park, it is so good to be with you today. My name is Captain Alan K. Fuller, and I'm excited to share something with you today. Do you all know what a Trekkie is? Most of us are familiar with the concept of a Trekkie. If you're not, it's someone who is a grand fan of the Star Trek universe, of the Star Trek story, someone who's deeply into the whole Star Trek deal. And the question I want to ask you as I get started with here is, what's the difference between a Trekkie and someone who watches Star Trek? What's the difference? How, how, what's, where's the line between a Trekkie and someone who, who just watches the show? This may come as a surprise to you as I stand here wearing this, but I'm not a Trekkie. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not. I'm, I grew up watching reruns of the original show, and I watched The Next Generation when I was uh, in high school and whatever uh, time frame that was. And those were good shows. I watched that. I'm a fan of the movies, but I can't speak a word of Klingon. And I've never been to a convention, so a Star Trek convention. So I am not a Trekkie. Who is? What's the difference between a Trekkie and someone who just watches the Star Trek show? Is it possible to be a Trekkie and not be all that familiar with the Star Trek story? Well, no, that's ridiculous. I mean, is it possible to be a Trekkie and not know the key characters in the Star Trek story? To not know who the Romulans are? I mean, no, that's, that's, it's not going to work out that way. Is it possible to be a Trekkie and not be familiar with some of the famous lines from Chief Engineer Scotty? We can't mess with the laws of physics, Captain. We can't push it any low any faster. You can't be a Trekkie and not know that stuff. Is it possible to be a Trekkie and not know why Spock dies in the wrath of Khan? Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> Is it possible to be a Trekkie and not know that stuff? Well, well, where's the line? What's the difference between a Trekkie and someone who just watches Star Trek? Now, that's not the real question. That's not the only question that we've assembled here in this room to ask, to talk about. The real question I want to ask today is, what's the difference between a Christian and someone who goes to church? What, 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 what's, what's the difference? Is it possible to be a Christian and not know the Bible story? not know the overall Christian story, the story of God in terms of our creation and how we came to be and how all this has happened, to not know the main characters in the story? Is it possible to be a Christian and, and not know what the Passover is? 
or what the holy of holies is or what the exile out of Jerusalem was, where that fits in the whole story? Is it possible to be a Christian and, and not be familiar with some of the famous words from the Apostle Paul written in the letters in the New Testament? Is it possible to be a Christian and, and not know why Jesus died on the cross? Maybe we know that he died on the cross and that that saves us from our sins, but, but why did he have to die? And why was it so gruesome? What's the difference between being a Christian and going to church? It got quieter in here. We're, we're going to explore that uh, this morning. Would you bow your heads with me as we dig in? Father, we uh, believe that we are in your presence here. And so, um, despite the cultural connection with, the, with this TV show, God, we... We want to hear from you. We want to be with you. We want to draw closer to you, God. Would you use these next few moments to help us do that, to, to explore what it means to be a Christian? God, would you help us to, um, whether we have um, great clarity on that uh, or if we're, if we're fuzzy on that particular question, God, would you just inspire us and move us here in this space, we pray. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. I want to be crystal clear about something before I continue, and that is that the Christian faith, the Christian story, being a follower of Jesus is not about accumulating information. It's not about accumulating knowledge. That's not what I'm talking about uh, this, uh, this morning. The point I just want to make is that if a Trekkie can be so passionate about the Star Trek story so passionate that they will travel around the country and pay money in hotels to go to conventions, and they will actually learn the Klingon language, and they will be ready at any moment to have an hour-long debate over who was a better captain, Captain Kirk or Captain Jean-Luc Picard, and they'll be ready to debate that and engage with that with anyone at any time. If a Trekkie is so passionate about that story and excited about entering into that story, isn't it reasonable to think that a Christian, a follower of Jesus, could be intentional about spiritual growth and development, could be passionate about not just understanding some of the story, but diving into it and, 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 and experiencing it to its fullness. After all, we're not just talking about any story. We're not just talking about a story. We're not just talking about the creative genius of Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. We're talking about the story. We're talking about the creative genius of the creator of all things. If a Trekkie is ready and passionate to jump in and be familiar with and dive into the Star Trek story, isn't it reasonable to expect that followers of Jesus would dive into and be passionate about learning God's story and understanding what our role is in that story? That's what we're here for as a church. That's, that's why we exist. That's why we do these things. That's why we gather here. That's why we're excited that you're here. We want to help with this. We, we don't want you to go to church. 
We want you to follow Jesus. There's a very important distinction there. It's, just not, it's not about just gathering a group of people. It's about us together figuring out what it means to follow Jesus more deeply, to, to, to head into that. And it is, it is not just about accumulating information and about making sure we know these 37 items of the faith or whatever. It is about a relationship with Jesus. It's about becoming so familiar with the story that we know the heart of God. It's about becoming so familiar with, with Jesus through Scripture and through relationship with Jesus that we know what Jesus thinks about our situation and about what the wise decision is, is for us. We are so familiar, so dived into this story that we recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. That this journey is not just a, a Sunday experience and then, and then we'll, we'll live out our week and then we'll jump in again on Sunday, but it is an opportunity to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis with all of the things that we interact with. It is about a relationship. We gather and we, we, we do whatever we do here as a church, here at Mountain Park, so that we can dive deeply into the story, so we can know what that story is and realize what our role is in that story. What we have there up on the screens is the title of this journal that Jan had talked about. We're very excited about this. This is the first time we've created our own uh, journal like this. It's an 18-week experience that will connect with Sunday mornings and allow you to have an experience on a daily basis and have conversations with, with other people and, and, and connect uh, in that way. We're excited about this. The, the theme for this journal is in the bottom left-hand corner, if you have one of these books, it says, Part Orange, Wisdom. So for the next 18 weeks, we are going to be walking through the story and looking at how wisdom fits into this and how can we experience the wisdom of God. Wisdom is something that we all want regardless of our background, regardless of your spiritual history, regardless of your belief system. We gather here in this room, we uh, drive down the roads, we meet with people anywhere. What we want is wisdom. We all want wisdom. It is a universal desire for us to, to, to have wisdom because we don't want to continue to make the same mistakes that we've made in the past. From wherever we believe wisdom comes, we want wisdom to avoid those mistakes. We want wisdom so that the decisions we're making now will help us avoid regret in the future. We make tons of decisions every day Sometimes those decisions are crucial. They are critical for our soul, for our relationships, for our future. We make decisions at work. We make decisions at home. We make decisions in relationships. We make decisions with our morality. We make, we make split decisions. Should I go this way or that way? We make decisions all the time. And we all want wisdom in terms of how to make good decisions. That is a universal interest for us. So over these 18 weeks, we're going to dig into this to find out what does this mean. If you're familiar with the Star Trek story, then you know that the pursuit of wisdom is actually a theme in the Star Trek uh, episodes. That in the original series, 
uh, the most, perhaps the most famous character in all of the Star Trek journey is Spock, perhaps the most famous character. He's a Vulcan, and he makes decisions based on what? Logic. That's highly illogical, Captain. So his whole Vulcan experience is that it goes through the logic process. And, and for Captain Kirk and Spock to make decisions together and, make, and figure this stuff out, it created a whole lot of humor, and it, and it allows us to dig into what does it mean to be a human? What is the, the decision-making process for, for humans that God has created? It's a, it's a significant part of the story. So when they made the next generation, the next series of Star Trek's uh, episode shows, they decided to continue that going with a character named Data, or yeah, Data or Data, or whatever, Data, I think. Data was a robot, and Data longed to have the human experience of emotion, which is what he was incapable of as a robot. And so that was a significant part of that story, and how does, how does Data help to make decisions uh, in, uh, surrounded mostly by humans, etc., by a captain who's a human, etc.? And so there's this there's dynamics constantly happening within, within that uh, show about where wisdom comes from. But what we learn in God's story is that wisdom is not just about logic. It's not just about, about a spreadsheet that just kind of knocks out, here, here's the pros, pros and cons list, we're going to knock this all out, and if it weighs more this way than that way, then that's the way we're going to go. And it's not all about logic and information. That wisdom is very much connected to our relationship with Jesus. That, like I said, Christianity is not about, it's not about accumulating, accumulating knowledge. It's about having a relationship with Jesus. And it's from that relationship that we can have the wisdom from God to make the decisions that we really want to make. It flows from relationship. God, in light of this overall epic story that you have provided for us in scripture than in that you're continuing to tell, in light of this overall story, what's the wise thing for me to do in my situation? God, in light of the role you have for me in this story, at home, at work, in my neighborhood, etc., what's the wise thing for me to do in light of my personality, my strengths, my weaknesses, my history, my mistakes, my past, my hopes and desires for the future in light of all of that, God, what's the wise thing for me to do? It's not just a, a stamp cookie cutter experience in terms of what, what's the wise thing for all of us to do in every situation. It flows out of relationship with a living God. In light of all of the pieces that I have, God, what's the wise thing to do? We all want wisdom. There's a section in the Old Testament, the, the first two-thirds of the Bible, that is referred to as wisdom literature. And in the upcoming weeks, as we walk through this, this journey, I'm going to give more detail in terms of where wisdom literature fits in the overall story. We're going to come back to that later on. But right now, I just want to jump into one of the books that's a part of the wisdom literature. It's a, a famous book written by King Solomon, considered the wisest person who's ever lived, called Proverbs. And it is a collection of thoughts 
from this very wise person. The book of Proverbs essentially is a book of wisdom. It's a book talking about wisdom. And what I want to do is take a look at a few verses in the first chapter of Proverbs that identify four different kinds of people as as it relates to wisdom. So in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, Solomon writes, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. He personifies wisdom. She raises her voice in the public square on top of the wall. She cries out at the city gate. She makes her speech, and this is her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Here in this verse 22, we essentially see the, the, the four different uh, types of people as it relates to wisdom. We have, well, the whole thing is about wisdom. Uh, you can back up to the other verse there. Thanks. The whole thing is about wisdom. But here in this verse, we have, we talk about the simple, we talk about the mockers, and the fools. That there are four different types of people as it relates to wisdom. They are, and I'll put them in different order here in the next slide. They are the simple, the fool, the mocker, and the wise. What I want to do is I want to walk through these four different types of people as found not just in that verse, but throughout the book of Proverbs. And I was hoping to connect them with characters in the Star Trek story so that I could could connect a person with each one of these four things. But because I'm not a Trekkie, I'm not not that familiar with with all of the characters, I couldn't easily identify a person to connect with each of them. So I, I went with a much easier TV show, The Office. Now, now this, this was a no-brainer, okay? Star Trek was going to take me quite some time to figure this out. The Office was about a 17-second journey to identify four characters to fit each of these people. Okay, so first of all, the simple, well represented by Aaron. So Aaron is the receptionist in the later uh, seasons of the show. She is, she is naive. The simple are those who are naive. They simply don't know. They, 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 they don't know what the rules are, what the laws are, what the patterns of life are. They haven't lived enough or had experience enough or paid enough attention to see what those patterns are to allow them to shape their decisions for the future. Scripture says later on in the book of Proverbs in chapter 14, Solomon writes that the simple believe anything. And so the simple don't yet have a filter in terms of what is the truth, but the simple just kind of embrace a little bit of that and embrace a little bit of, a little bit of this, uh, this religion over here and a, bit, a little bit of that philosophy here, a little bit of that from another TV show, and just kind of uh, blend the whole thing in. And it's just, it's, just a, it's just a happy, naive journey. And I don't mean to be uh, negative towards the simple because we all are simple in some areas of life, and we all have been simple. We're born simple. We don't have access to, to the information. And so, so children are, are simple. By definition, they haven't had access to this, to this stuff, and so our role as parents and grandparents and, and developers of children is to, is to build them up from simplicity, is to help them understand the way the world works, etc. There's a reason that credit card companies target 18-year-old kids in college. Because they say, they say, you can have this and get whatever you want. And so there, there's a reason that this stuff is effective and it works. There's, there's a part of this, this simplicity 
that, that just says, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. The second person, as it relates to wisdom, is the fool. And that's an, that was the easiest of them all in terms of, in terms of the office. This is, he is such a foolish character, lovable in so many ways, but Michael Scott was just, it was just a, a, a fool in so many ways. The fool is different than the simple in that the fool does know information but chooses to ignore it. So, so the simple says, I don't know, but the fool says, I, I don't care. So the fool ignores the information and moves on regardless. Elsewhere in Proverbs, Solomon writes that, that just as a dog returns to its vomit, that's how he describes a fool. So is the way of the fool. As a dog returns to its vomit. And so it's just, why, why are you going back to that? It is to a fool that we would say, well, why are you doing that again? It's to a fool that we would say, don't you remember what happened last time you did that? And the fool would say, yeah, I don't care. Don't you remember last time you, you went out with that group of people and you went drinking and you had way too much to drink and then that happened? Don't you remember that? Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> but I'm going to do it again. Don't, don't you remember what happened in your previous marriage? And how that fell apart and how painful that was. And just the reality that you haven't done any, any soul exploration. You haven't realized what, what your role was in that, in that broken relationship. So you haven't, you haven't pursued that stuff. You haven't pursued God with all of that stuff. And so, so you're just going to bring that into the next relationship? Don't, don't you see that? And the fool says, yeah, yeah. I don't care. The fool sees the warning label and chooses to ignore it. The third character is the mocker, and on The Office, this is Dwight Schrute. If you're unfamiliar with the show, it's pretty easy to see who this guy was just by that one picture. The mocker is the most difficult of all the four characters that are going to be up on the screen there. Because the mocker doesn't just kind of interact with the wisdom of life and the wisdom of God, the mocker tries to dismantle the wisdom of God. The, the mocker tries to go against and attack the wisdom of God. The writer of Proverbs says this about the mocker. Chapter 21, verse 24, the proud and arrogant person, mocker is his name, behaves with insolent fury. So the mocker has this sense of, I know more than you or anyone else. And so the mocker, mocker brings this insolent fury to crush those who try to bring something else into the picture. The mocker is the one who would say, okay, Captain Preacher, I'm not interested in you or your Bible or your God. So why don't you go ahead and beam yourself back up to your own spaceship. I'm just not interested. The mocker is a dismantler. My guess is that there are none here in this room this morning who are primarily mockers. It's, it's just rarely that a mocker is going to come to church unless you come to mock. 
Because if you enter into, these, into, the, into this room, even if you believe different things or you're exploring or whatever, there's, then, then the, you're not essentially a mocker because you're open to maybe there is some truth to this whole God thing. And so I would doubt that a mocker is even in the room. The fourth character up on here is the wise. And in the office, I think this is Daryl. Daryl is a guy who started off in the, in the, uh, the, the plant, uh, the distribution center down, down below, and he just worked hard, and he worked his way up into uh, being part of the management with Dunder Mifflin up in the, in the offices there. And this guy is just consistently a good character. This guy is just, he, he is growing in experience, and he's paying attention to the wisdom of those around him. There's so much that Proverbs talks about with regard to the, to the wise. One verse, chapter 12, verse 15, Solomon writes, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So the wise are the ones who don't think they have it all figured out, but they are listening and discerning from where they're going to get good advice. Who is representing God the best? <laughs> so as you look at these four here up on the screen, which, which one are you? Which one do you, do you lean toward? As a summary in terms of these four characters, and their response to the wisdom of God, the simple say, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I haven't researched that. I haven't had an experience with that. I, I don't know. A or B, right or left. The, the, the fool says, I don't care. I actually do know, but I don't care. The mocker says, I'm against you. I'm not just interacting with, with, with wisdom. I'm actually trying to dismantle something. And then the wise say, yes, Lord. I may not understand it. I may not agree with it, but I trust you, God. I trust you. My relationship with you says I trust you with this decision, even if it's not what I would hope for here in the moment. I trust you. Yes, Lord. So where do you land? The reality is we're not all, we don't all neatly land in one of these four pieces, we are each of these four in different areas of our lives at different capacities, okay? You can be at work, you can be 10, 10, 10, 70, where you're primarily very wise at work and you have lots of experience and so you make good decisions. Every once in a while you kind of mock people or you stumble or you don't know information, but primarily you're wise. But the very same person in terms of relationships could be more like 10%, 70%, 10%, 10%. That same person who's wise at work could, in terms of relationship, be a, be, be, be a fool in, in, you know, on an ongoing way. And so there's this, there's this pursuit to kind of figure out, okay, wh- who am I of these four that are talked about in the book of Proverbs? The simple, the fool, the mocker, or the wise. If you want to know which one you are, which one you lean towards, You have to look at what you do. You have to look at your life, your actions, the decisions that you are making. This is not about what you know or what you think you know. It's about what you do. This is not about how we think we will respond in a certain situation. 
Because that's easy to kind of dream up. This is how we actually have been responding in certain situations. This is what our track record has been. How have things gone this past month, this past week, et cetera, in different areas of our lives? That determines how we're doing with the wisdom of God. 2,000 years ago, James was the brother of Jesus, and he, he, there's a book that was written by him, given a credit to him in deep part of the New Testament. In the first chapter of that book, he says, he says um, don't, don't merely listen to the word, but do what it says, James says. Don't, don't just listen. It's not just enough to, to have access to the information. We have to do what it says. That determines which of these four that we are. So again, the, the simple say, I don't know. I, I don't know what the story of God is. I, I don't know what the Bible says. I, it's long. It's a lot of words in there, and I've never read it. I don't know what it says. I don't know what my role is in the story. I've never tried anything. I've never served anywhere. I've never participated in any of this stuff. I've never joined a group before. I don't know. The fool says, I know, I know some, but I choose to ignore it because I want to do what I want to do despite the wisdom I've had access to. The mocker, again, tries to dismantle the wisdom of God. It's the mocker who might say at work or at school, might want to challenge faith by saying, how could a, a rational thinking person believe in creation? How could a rational thinking person believe in a resurrected Jesus? But the wise say, yes, Lord. The wise say, I'm going to spend the rest of my life learning what the overall story is, learning what the Word of God is, and doing what it says. That I haven't learned it all yet. I have plenty more to learn. There's more in that story that I, have, that I haven't had access to yet. So I'm going to spend the rest of my life continuing to learn and grow and doing what it says. That process, that process of, of learning what the story is, learning what the Word of God is and doing what it says, that process is the process of wisdom. That is wisdom. That is what we like to refer to in the church as discipleship. That's what the journey is. That's what it means to be a Christian. We say yes to Jesus. Yes, I choose to follow Jesus. Then the rest of the journey is this ongoing pursuit of expanding our understanding of the story and deepening our experience with our role in the story. That's, that's, that's what the whole thing is. That's, what, that's why we do group up. That's why we're doing this here today, so that you can hear as we get started in the fall, and, and we're just getting started back with school and, and all the different options that are open to you today as you decide how you're going to fill your week, etc. That's why we want to offer group up, let you in, get introduced to the different leaders so that you can learn more about the different groups and find out what is available to you so that you can continue this journey and be intentional about your growth. If a Trekkie is going to be intentional about, about their 
understanding of the, the Star Trek story, isn't it reasonable to think that those of us who, who would call ourselves followers of Jesus, that we would be intentional about our spiritual growth and development? That we would make decisions towards that? And so we invite you to consider one of the groups that are uh, available. As I close here today, I, wanna, I just want to highlight something that's new that we're doing here this fall. It's called One of the Twelve. It's something we've actually been working on for, uh, for quite some time, and it, and it is what has shaped this Realize Your Role journey, because uh, uh, one of the 12 is going to take these 18 weeks, and actually a number of sets of 18 weeks after that, but, but one 18-week chunk at a time, one of the 12 is going to, is this experience to say, is, is to say, what, it would, what would it be like to not just see Jesus from a distance, but to be invited in to be one of, one, one of the 12 who, have, who are, have a growing intimacy with Jesus. Uh, it's, a, it's a journey on Sunday nights over the 18 weeks of the journal that will be led by me and by some other uh, pastors here at the church. And, um, and it gets started next Sunday night. One of the 12 is not for those of you who are, um, who are exploring faith, and trying to figure out still what, what it means to be a follower of Jesus and whether or not uh, that's something you're interested in. We have other groups and classes that are about kind of exploring who Jesus is, etc. One of the 12 is also not targeted for those of you. Uh, there, there's, there, there, there are some of you who are thriving in your role, and you are, you are leading, you are serving, and I don't want to distract you what, from what God's doing in your life, so it's not targeted for that. My guess is that most of us would fit somewhere in the middle where we have a belief in Jesus, but we haven't quite experienced the fullness of what that means. We know there's more to it, but we haven't been able to experience that yet. That we haven't been able to prioritize our faith in our lives. And that's what we're going to do with this 18-week journey, is to prioritize our faith. And there will be higher expectations for this, for this journey. Um, it'll be a challenge for those who choose to do it. Um, it's not about having prerequisite a bunch of knowledge. You have to know a bunch of stuff before you come. Nope, that's not it at all. What it requires is a willingness to allow your relationship with Jesus to affect your life, to affect your time. That, that's, that's all it is. That, that's what the requirement is. And so um, if, the, if you feel like that's of interest to you, um, let us know. We're, we're capping it at 40 people. We still have some spots available. So you can go to the website, forward slash um, one of the 12, O-O-T-T. Or I'm going to hang out after the service. If you'd like to come uh, and ask me any questions about one of the 12 and what that looks like, I'd love to talk with you uh, about that. If you, like a passionate Trekkie, if you want to be a Jesus Trekkie, if you want to prioritize Jesus in, in your life, then this fall might be an incredible time for you to do that. If that's what you want to do, then, then in the words of Jean-Luc Picard, make it so. Make it so. Go check out that card. Check out the different groups that are available. Go and meet some of the great leaders out there. Come talk to me afterwards about one of the 12, whatever. Take advantage of some of the opportunities because it is time for some of you to engage. Sorry, that's two. That's two Star Trek references. <laughs> Sounding a little bit like a, like a Trekkie. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay, would you, uh, I want to pray with you and then we'll dismiss you to group up, okay? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you that our journey with you is an ongoing one. 
I thank you that all of us here have much wisdom to gain by continuing to pursue you and continuing to invest in relationships with one another. So God, I pray that you would help us do that, whether that's a part of these groups or, or something outside of this, whether it's a, a book or a group of friends or, or another group somewhere else, whatever, a group at work, whatever it is, God, that we would take advantage of some opportunity you have provided for us to grow in our relationship with you. Help us to be intentional about that this fall. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. As always, we have a group of uh, prayer folks who would love to meet up front here with you if you'd like to pray about something, or I'll talk with you about one of the 12. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.